Good evening, everyone. Welcome back from uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. This is Necro Thursday, and you're listening to the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Scandato. How's it going, man? It is going well. That's right. We're back. Episode 201. And um, it's good to be back after a little break. You know, Actually, 202. 202? 202. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. 202. That's right. <laughs> We, we're, we're working on, on, a, on a little bit of a different schedule here, children. But uh, episode 202, which is just a nice of, of a number, is 201. Um, yeah, had a lot of fun at episode 200. And, and I want to thank everybody who uh, who checked it out, of course. And that milestone was really cool. Um, had a nice little Thanksgiving break, you know. And uh, good to be back at it. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I tell you what, man, on Thanksgiving... I never, I think I was sleeping like 12 and 14 hours on those, those couple of days off that I had. Yeah. Uh, me, me too, actually. I got to say, uh, I definitely took advantage of it. Uh, spent Thanksgiving with Stella and her family, which was great. And, but like, like Friday and Saturday, like I was just kind of like chilling, you know, like I just, I, I definitely slept in on those days and, and, and you know, probably like the, the weight of, of work kind of, crashing in on me and now pretty much from now till about like december 20th it's going to kind of be full steam ahead at my job so but uh have have another break coming up to look forward to at christmas time which is nice feels like halloween was like two days ago and now thanksgiving is over with man it's nuts right <laughs> yes it really does uh that i i agree with completely i mean i think i think it's just how it works once halloween is done I think the, the world and life just kind of barrels into the holidays. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree, man. And uh, yeah, my Thanksgiving was good. I went to check out my folks. Um, Tina accompanied me and uh, we actually did the lion's share of the cooking for Thanksgiving this year. You know, gave my mom a little bit of a, of a rest, you know, and just kind of took over the kitchen. And it was um, it was a lot of fun. Oh, very cool, man. Are you are you a good cook or did she do most? Well, of I, I I I take credit where credit's not due. She did most of the heavy lifting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I like cooked the chi- we uh, we had chicken instead of turkey, by the way. Nice. Oh, chicken's good turkey. We unanimously decided to have ch- decided to have chicken, and I cre- I cooked the chicken. So that's not that's one of my specialties, Mike. Cooking chickens. Okay. Okay. Very nice. But um, you know, Tina went all out with homemade stuffing. Uh, she made stuffed shells. You know, Mike, being uh, an Italian American, do you also have uh, you know a pasta dish as part of Thanksgiving as well? Yes, but sadly, my my body rejects uh, stuffed shells. Uh, when I was a younger man, I ate stuffed shells, but I sadly cannot really eat them anymore because of my many stomach ailments. Yes. See, um, you know, Tina is is an interesting mix. She's Italian and Ukrainian. Oh wow! Interesting, yeah. So she's got the Italian background and also the Eastern European vibe too. So it's uh, she knows how to cook Italian food, which is really nice. Very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I there's certain Italian foods I probably shouldn't eat, but I do anyway. But like you know, like I have like a terrible stomach without TMIing the audience. So you know, I shy away from certain foods. It's just a real quick, 
we we actually saw the movie we're talking about tonight on Thanksgiving. So it was kind of cool. Now that's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like going to see Halloween on Halloween. Huh, Mike? Yeah. Which is actually what we did this year too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done that in the past. Um, but yeah, I also, I saw some shows. I saw uh, Dying Fetus uh, last week. They were fucking great uh, at Warsaw. They, they sold out the Warsaw, almost like a thousand people, dude. That band is like, that band is a lot bigger than I, I think I initially thought myself. And I think bigger than some people even realize. They're, they're, they're up there. I saw, I've seen Dying Fetus twice this year, actually. I saw them down at um, Starland. Mm. And uh, down in down here in Jersey, and then at the uh, Hell in the Harbor Festival in Baltimore earlier this year. Yeah, that's like a hometown crowd for them. So that must. Oh have- yeah, dude, it was insane. That was great. Them them and Cannibal played the same day. It was awesome. Yeah, that that's a tour. I mean, they they're literally headliners at their own right. I mean, well, they were the headliners, but I mean, when I say that, I mean like they've they've kind of reached that that level of like. You're a cannibal, deicide, you know, like A-list death metal to me, in my opinion. I totally agree. And, you know, I saw him at Starland. And what, you figure at Starland can hold like eight, at least 800, right? I believe it is a 2,500 cap, Starland. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, actually, the more I think about it, yeah, that's right. That's 2,500. It wasn't sold out, but it was booked, though. Right, right, right. I mean... Starland's weird. It's a club in Jersey, kids, uh, for those out of the loop, where basically the line, the only good line of sight is the pit floor itself, in my opinion. Like, it's kind of laid out very odd. So it does hold 2,500, but, like, a good chunk of that can't even see the band when the band plays. It's right. It's like a weird layout. Definitely laid out weird. And it's in, like, a very, very weird part of New Jersey, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, home of Bon Jovi, I believe. Uh, Sayreville, yeah. Yes, Sayreville, New Jersey. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then I saw, although I might have mentioned it already, I saw Suffocation and Incantation about two weeks ago. That was great. Uh, and then uh, December 8th, I'm going to see Mortician. So I'm covering all of the the ION bands, Mike, uh, this year, basically, uh, you know. The, the New um, York bands too. Yes, all the, the New York the, bands that end in the you know in a certain set of letters. Of course, those are some of the best. <laughs> I caught uh, the Mighty Goat Whore actually. Um, that Saint Vitus was I think it was last week or the week before the week before Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. they were oh, one of the greatest live bands ever. Um, I always like seeing those guys. Uh, I saw them at Saint Vitus. Uh, we could not make the New Jersey show. They played at Dingbats mm. and uh, just uh, conflict that night. So um, we we opted to go see them at, at Vitus, you know, take a trip over to Brooklyn. Good crowd at that show? Oh, yeah. Nice crowd. Very, mm. very nice crowd there. You know, they they legitimately sell records and draw people. You know what I mean? They're like, uh, yeah, like they're, they're like legit, you know, goat whore. A little legit headlining band. I saw them. In 2022, in the summer, Stella and I went to see them with Incantation at uh, a club LPR in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. yeah I've seen Goathor probably about 30 times. <laughs> we did a U.S. <laughs> we did a U.S. tour with them a few years ago, and uh, that right. was always, that was great, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. No, they put on a good show. They're not a band I, I ever really put on, but certainly live, they're a good band. Yeah, they're live. They're untouchable, you know. And their last album is awesome. That was like my album of the year, I think. It was one of the, my top five for that year. It came out. Nice. Yeah, well, well I definitely got to piece together a, a music best of in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, we'll probably have a couple, a couple of similar records, I imagine, this year. Dude, there's so many great records that came out this year. Mm, definitely, definitely. It's insane. Fucking hell, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I partook in a bunch of. Uh, Black Friday sales uh, for the old uh, music uh, addiction. Uh, so I got some some cool stuff coming from like I went from Relapse and Hell's Headbangers and a couple other the usual suspects. Relapse had this tremendous sale, so I took advantage. I was pretty. Uh, I, I had some restraint on Black Friday. I bought some gifts for family and friends. You know, my my lady. I bought her something, and then uh, for myself, I got one item. I got Severin's multi-disc Blu-ray of Cemetery Man, a.k.a. Delamorte Delamore. Yes. Uh, see, I, I really slowed down on the Blu-ray buying, but I, I will probably ramp it back up again eventually uh, because some really cool stuff is coming out and did come out this year and in the past few months. Cemetery Man is something I would like to own, and I will probably own it. And, uh, you know, it's just so much other shit between them and Vinegar Syndrome. It's like you could kind of go broke, you know? I love oh, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. And and I'm I'm assuming this is like the Italian cut because, uh, you know, Cemetery Man, you know, the real, that's the U.S. cut that was edited to shit. Yeah. And then Della Morte, Della Morte is like the European cut, which I have that on VHS tape. And, um, and I got it like from some st- super sketchy video search of miami you ever hear that from the 90s <laughs> no no oh man dude it's like back in the 90s I, I got this like newsprint catalog by this thing called video search of miami hmm. and it's it's basically they just bootleg vhs tapes they'll record off of uh laser discs hmm. yeah i mean this is this is a long time ago guys so it's like you know back then this is this is the, the 90s you know what i mean so um yeah. Having a laserdisc player was like the you know high fidelity of of uh, you know media back then. So it was like, oh, it's a club, and we're club members sharing content. So that's that's how they got around. Well, I mean, that's like a real lowbrow way, I guess, of validating that you're not bootlegging movies. <laughs> no, totally, totally. I mean, I used to order from different places. I, I do a lot of buying of like VHS stuff and like early DVD stuff at the cons back then, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ordering stuff through like a, a catalog was was definitely a fun time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so I have that VHS, and then I have like the American Cut like DVD, and hopefully, you know, this this new one that that Severin's putting out. It's the European Cut on Blu-ray with like a bunch of material. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. No, totally, totally. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things I wanted to get uh, from from Vinegar Syndrome because they have uh, a two disc irreversible Blu-ray and they have um, uh, Trouble Every Day on Blu-ray now. Like really? they have these movies that like I never thought were going to kind of see the day, you know. So yeah, uh, and then they have listeners a movie that uh, Vinegar Syndrome that was championed here on Necromaniacs last year that was. Pretty much the only way to watch it was on YouTube. 
uh, a movie that Mike and I absolutely love from the very early 80s called The Black Room is uh, making its Blu-ray debut uh, immediately, actually. I guess any day now, ship. Um, and yeah, there's tons of interviews and, and extra footage and a lot of good shit. So I'm very excited. I'm definitely going to buy that. Yeah, that that that's a that's definitely a must-have, in my opinion. It'll be great to actually see it, like because a lot of that was like in the dark, literally. Oh yeah, it was like almost you couldn't even see what the hell was going on if you watched that yes, on YouTube. For certain night shot scenes in that movie, oh my god, you you really like you know we're, we're kind of like staring at your television or 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 your computer, no less. Um, but yeah, they got it right from you know from an original print, and I was like, I can't believe it. Like, I, I, a movie I thought would be completely lost to time, and of course, Vinegar Syndrome fucking steps in and saves the day. Pretty cool. Oh yeah. Have you been watching anything interesting, Mike? Uh yes. Um, <laughs> last night I watched the 2000 classic Gladiator. I kill. Oh, oh hell yeah, that's a good one. Oh yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while, and. I was prompted to watch it because I was telling Stella about a thing where this thing had been going on, maybe it was about a month ago or a few weeks ago, where some woman put on her social media that she couldn't believe how much her husband thought about ancient Rome. Did you hear about this? Ah. Like, ask a man how often they think of ancient Rome and the surprise will shock you. And it turned out like it was this whole thing where almost every single man asked had a very legitimate answer about how often they thought about ancient Rome. And some it was weekly, some it was monthly, some it was daily, some it was like all these weird, crazy answers. And all these women couldn't believe that their men sat around thinking about ancient Rome. Isn't that funny? You understand that, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, sure... But probably the first thing that might come to somebody's head is like, oh, you're, you're thinking about it because it was, you know, this crazy time and and pagan orgies or whatever the hell. But a lot of men had almost nothing like that to say about it. They they talked about it as like the birth of like democracies and civilization and political answers. And of course, some of it was about the violence and the crazy shit that happened in ancient Rome and but a lot of it was very kind of thought out answers. So I, I just thought it was really funny. And of course, it prompted me to watch Gladiator. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I, I want to watch Rome on HBO. Uh, one of my oh, favorite. Man, that's movies. a great series, yeah. man. I love that. Watch it. Yes. That was awesome. Uh, listeners, if you never watched Rome, watch it. It is fucking great. And it is on uh, Max. So. They, they haven't yanked that for Max. It's still there, which is a good thing. But I, I have the, a Blu-ray set of it nonetheless, thank God. Hmm. I checked out uh, Hell House LLC Origins, Carmichael House. <laughs> yeah, what is that exactly? It's like just a part of that whole Hell House, um, you know, universe, you know, hmm. found footage. It's, you know, it, it was something, I, I, did I watch it? Yes, technically, but it was like the kind of thing where I was kind of really not paying attention to it too much. It was it was fair. It was if you got if you're bored, you got nothing to do. Definitely put it on. How many installments of this are there? 
Oh, dude, I don't, at least four, three, four. Three, four. Hmm. Yeah, maybe four. How I completely missed this. The first, the first Hell House was actually pretty good. You know, it's about like a haunt, like one, like one of those haunts. You know. Now wait, it's a found footage movie because I feel like I saw something called Hell House and it was just like a regular horror movie. Well, there, there's uh, Hell House LLC is a found footage movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then we're we're on a big rewatch of Game of Thrones, which is uh, oh very cool, outstanding series in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean, look, everybody shits on the final season, but even I, I mean, look, th- there's stuff to like about the final season. It's not, it's not the worst thing ever. No, I don't, I don't, you know, people, people like to complain. I, I found out, Mike, you know, like to complain oh, yeah. about things. Oh yeah, everyone has a voice, and they use it, unfortunately, like we do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, man, it seems like, it seems like not everyone uh, agreed with our talk to me takes because. Man, every uh, most people I talk to love that movie, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> well, hey, man, but like, you know, everyone's different, man. It makes life interesting that way. That's true. Some of the listeners really liked it. A lot of just people I've met, like friends, and you know, I'm out drinking with the buddies, and they're like, oh, you know, talk to me, and it's like, you liked it, and I'm just like, eh, it was really just okay. It wasn't really that great, and it's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, oh no, it's like I'm not even getting into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I think it's it. Look, it's it's probably definitely going to end up on a lot of other people's uh, top fives, top tens, and I guess you know, it won't end up on ours. Such is life. <laughs> I think I have mine pretty much figured out already, man. So, oh yeah, we got to schedule that the last of the year end episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, at least we do ours time appropriate, right? Unlike, unlike decibel magazine who puts out the best of at the very beginning of November, when there's literally eight weeks left in the year to put out a record, we're not putting out our best of the year until it is time appropriate. (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, so before we get too far along, let's shout out our brothers in the uh, Horsemen of the Podcasting Apocalypse. That's right. To do this uh, rapid fire on Monday. Who do we got, Mike Hill? Harwell 666 by Brandon Legion. On Tuesday, who do we got, Mike? Who's, who's on, on Tuesday? Tuesday? We have Into the Necrosphere, the greatest metal podcast in the land, every Tuesday. On Wednesday. When, Wednesday, of course, yeah. is Everything Went Black. Which is, uh, you know, pretty much um, my diary of uh, events. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, what about Thursday? Thursday, I heard is Necro Thursday. Thursday is Necro Thursday. While you're listening to it right now, make sure you smash that subscribe button and tell a friend and an enemy about the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast coming to you each and every Thursday, except, of course, if it's a major holiday. Don't you forget it. On Friday, who do we got? Spitball Media featuring your brother, John Draper. That's right, Spitball Media. Spitball Media is going very heavy on the horror lately. I, I was making a jab at my brother John calling it Necromaniacs 2. I was, uh, t- you know, of course he's my brother and I could say those things to him. But nothing but love for the Spitball uh, Media podcast. Uh, on Saturday, uh, we have nothing. Take a break. Go outside. See a movie. Read a book. Uh, weather's getting chillier out there, you know, buy some holiday gifts. But on Sunday, Mike, who do we got? 
Carl Hikara brings a soul knocks and uh, that's uh, Carl's killing it. And uh, he and I have been doing a collaboration called darkness weaves. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we've finished the first uh, installment of that. And we're moving on to the cane stories by Carl Edward Wagner. So check them out. Awesome. Yeah. We alternate um, months. One episode comes out on soul knocks. The other comes out on everything went black. Oh, sick. Now that is crossover, huh? Oh yeah. And then finally, you you, you kind of get it when it when it comes, man. You know, mm-hmm. this guy's out there just on his own agenda. <laughs> so the newest member of the horseman, and who's that, Mike? That is Cheyenne of Trivax. Uh the mighty Trivax. Now, this is a podcast that again. He follows, you know, he marches to the beat of his own drummer. Right, Michael? Right. It's an individual. Yes. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't, you know, constrain him, as they say. No, you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, we have the Necrophone. So if you guys want to reach out to us, you can hit us up at 908-913-0782. And we had a couple of, uh, couple of call-ins uh, over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Longtime caller, Mike from uh, Telford, PA, weighed in. Yo, Necrohoods, Mike from Telford. Just want to say uh, congratulations on 200 episodes, fellas. That's uh, pretty fucking awesome. I, I wish I'd have been listening longer, but I've gone back and, and listened to all the episodes. I recently had to uh, get hip to the Podbean uh, app because my Apple fucking podcast thing shit to bed on me, but... Uh, yeah, I think I've been listening for about two years. It's like a lot of important things in my life. It was I Hate God that brought me to you guys. Uh, Mr. Hill did a fucking excellent interview with Mike Williams on uh, Metal Matters, and it, it caused me to go ahead and dive in and see what else he had going on. So everything went black, and Necromaniacs became just a fucking staple in my life now. I, I look forward to it so much. So uh hope you guys are doing great. I don't have any fucking thing to add this week. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week, so I hope you guys have a good holiday. I'll be in going to upstate and uh, being around my family and doing a little drinking and hanging out in the garage, listening to some music, just trying to fucking recharge my batteries a little bit. So uh, look forward to this coming Thursday. Hey, it'll be Thursday, Thanksgiving. I'll be out in the garage, and I'll be listening to you guys. So uh, I look forward to that. Hope you guys have a good one, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Later. Great hearing from you, Mike. Uh, dude, I, I, I think you mentioned to me once before that you'd actually gotten familiar with the, with all this stuff through, uh, metal matters, the, uh, mm, defunct, yeah, defunct metal matters, uh, where I interviewed Mike nine from, I hate God. And that, that was a lot of fun, man, doing that. But ultimately, you know, all things come to an end, man. And, uh, yes. now we're doing something else. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Mike and I had a, a wonderful episode about typo negative that you could find out there on the, uh, on the interwebs, uh, on the Metal Matters podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, always great to hear from you, bro. Uh, thank you so much for the continued support. Hope you and the family had a great Thanksgiving. And then we heard from a first-time caller, but an extremely long-time listener. Huh, Mike? Oh, yeah, Reed from Virginia. Hey, Neck Rose, this is Reed from Virginia. Just calling to say uh, congratulations on 200, and uh, thanks. Also, for all of the work you did, I got to check out uh, number 200 on my way up to Baltimore to catch Goat Whore, who, you know, destroyed it, of course. Uh, but, yeah, mainly just saying uh, 
thanks uh, for the uh, great content and all the 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 time I've spent with you guys. It's been 200, uh, 200 hours. I've listened to every episode at least once, some even twice. So uh, keep it up. And uh, thanks again, and congrats. Dude, that means a lot to us, man. It's, uh, you know, regardless of when you joined up on this uh, adventure that we're on, it's really sick when someone has heard all the episodes and uh yeah yeah and uh listeners um some of the very early ones are on youtube but all of them are on podbean right mr hill yes and also apple podcast for some reason seems to like not have the first few so i think um i got i gotta go back into the archives and i gotta like we have to we have to make all that stuff available like mm, there was something yeah. there for a time we were doing stuff on youtube and then we weren't doing i don't know it's like when youtube flipped over to G, when g google bought youtube i think that's when things got fucked up yes but uh listeners if you're feeling adventurous and you you know you could put in necromaniacs podcast in youtube and you will get uh the early early days when we talked about three movies in one sitting and uh had extremely long podcasts. So check those out. <laughs> yeah, but also weeks would go by between episodes. So. That's true too, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you got you know, it is what it is. But yeah, Reed also uh also also checked out Goat Whore. That's awesome, man. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it's a great little kinship we have w- with the listeners. And of course, the you know, the, there's definitely a music crossover, obviously, oh, yeah. on here. Um as you know, maybe not everybody who's into horror movies is into metal, but certainly quite a few. So uh, I feel like I feel like we all listen to the same bands, actually. <laughs> <laughs> know, right? Like yeah, nobody, like, ever, <laughs> I've noticed yeah, no, nobody ever comes after us for bands that we say we don't like. Like, yeah, you know, I think it's funny. Think that it's a lot of uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> definitely we're all in the same wheelhouse at least you know oh yeah but uh like today at work i wanted to say real quick a, a, a new a new co-worker this girl you know maybe late 20s or whatever um just started talking about movies and she's like a horror maniac and she, again this is not i was just like wow this is so cool it's like that's the thing with horror much like metal it's like you never know you never know until you know right yeah, and uh, of course I plugged the podcast, and you know she's gonna check it out, and I, I just was like, oh wow, like it's just so cool to 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 meet new people into horror, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So that brings us to uh, this week's feature, Thanksgiving, which just yes. came out on November seventeenth, twenty twenty three. That's right. One hundred and six minutes long, so a little bit on the long side. And uh, screenplay by Eli Roth and Jeff Rendell and directed by Eli Roth. And, of course, this is based on the fake trailer for Thanksgiving, which came out as uh, on the 2007 Grindhouse uh, movie that Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did. So I don't, I don't know if, if everyone out there had actually seen that in the theater, but if you went to go see Grindhouse in the theater, they played all these fake trailers beforehand, and this was one of them. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, me and uh, John Draper and Jeff Lucky 13, and I forget who else was with us, went opening day first show at uh, our old Park Slope Theater. Mike, how about that? Right on, um, man. 
Yes. Yeah. Back in, in 2007, uh, we were like fucking thrilled. There was not a lot of people because, of course, it was the first showing on a Friday. It was literally like 1230 on a Friday. Like we all went because we just had to be there. We were like so excited. And yeah, if you saw the theatrical, you got to see these wonderful fake trailers, uh, including uh, Machete, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Uh, Werewolf Woman of the SS from Rob Zombie, and of course, uh, Eli Roth made a trailer for Thanksgiving. And I mean, shit. Ever since 2007, people would ask Eli Roth this if this movie was ever going to happen. And uh, 2023 was the year he made it happen. Very cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, are, are you a fan of Eli Roth's work in general? I am, Mike Hill, and. It's funny you say that. I almost feel like you have said on record that you are not a fan of Eli Roth's work. That's right. That's correct. I um not I'm very lukewarm uh to Eli Roth. I like seeing him on shows about horror. Like he pops up in all these documentaries and he'll yeah, he'll talk about movies and you know, he seems like a cool guy and everything, but I just don't like his generally don't like his movies. Well, yeah, he's he's become like a horror guy. He's like the guy. I mean, look, he's literally he's only a year older than me. Um, I've always felt like a, a, a strong connection to him just for that alone. OK, I like the fact that we're almost the same age. Um, of course, him being much more successful uh, back in the day, I believe in the, at the 03 or 04 uh, chiller. He was there just walking around actually he was not a guest he was not charging anything he was there literally just kind of street level promoting cabin fever and he was giving posters out to people i got one of them signed by him still to this day uh in my apartment how about that nice yeah an original uh cabin fever poster signed by Eli roth uh it is not hanging i've had it i have like this this canister of all these really great horror posters and like cool science shit that should be hanging, but is just not because that's another story as they say. Uh, but yeah. And I always like thought he was fucking cool. And I never forgot that he was just walking around a chiller, just talking to horror fans before he kind of was really anybody. So I always thought that was cool. Yeah. I liked cabin fear. That was, that was one of his films that I, I dug. Um, Mm-hmm. But you know some of his other other stuff, not not so much really. Yeah, I mean, I love I actually love Hostel One and Hostel Two. Hostel Two, of course, he pulls uh, Edwige Fennec out of retirement for her wonderful cameo. It's like he's just like I don't know. For me, he's like one of my my friends. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like yeah. I'm always cheering for him and rooting for him. You know, because he likes everything I like. He's he's gotten to act in Quentin Tarantino movies. Quentin Tarantino likes him. Just hard to like dislike the guy on those kind of levels. Do you do you agree? Yeah, no, I do. I do like. I like the dude. Like I would like to hang out with Eli Roth. I just you know he's you know in a lot of ways he's like Kevin Smith too. You know like Kevin Smith. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love listening to his podcasts. I like a handful of his movies, not all of them. You know, <laughs> and some of them I straight up. Can't really sit through, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. I'm rooting for Kevin Smith, not really loving the current 
Kevin Smith. But yeah. um, shit, if Eli Roth had a podcast, who I would listen to that fucking like gangbusters, you know? Oh, yeah, he's but uh, he's you know busy guy. <laughs> so this film's got a pretty you know extensive cast in yeah. this film. Some surprises so. in the cast, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We got uh, Patrick Dempsey as Sheriff Eric Newland. Mm-hmm. Nell Verlack as Jessica. Now, isn't she some kind of like, um, oh no, Addison Ray? Isn't she like the. Uh, yeah, she's like a TikTok star or something. And she's, yeah, she's a she's singer, a- actress, dancer, social media personality with over 88 million TikTok followers. Damn. And uh, she got a deal on Atlantic Records in 2021. So she's like, She's somebody young people would know, Mike Hill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I she is. So Addison Ray is also in this film as Gabby. Uh-huh. We have uh, Jalen Thomas Brooks as Bobby. Mm-hmm. Milo Mannheim as Ryan. Mm-hmm. Real, real douchey sort of character. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Gina Gershon, the the lovely Gina Gershon as Amanda Collins. Yes, sixty one, still looks wonderful. Love her. Yeah. Trying to mm. going down who else is notable, and of course Tim Dillon is in this movie. Yes, uh, one of the literally one of my favorite comedians ever, uh, a comedian that I found in during the pandemic from John Draper himself, who just one day was like, "Mike, I found this comedian. You need to check this guy out." And you know, he, he became my my pandemic like go to podcast. And I've religiously listened every week for the past three and a half years, uh, the Tim Dillon podcast. Uh, he plays Manny, the security guard. And I just started laughing the moment I saw him on screen. So that, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So this is a new movie. So we're not going to spoil it. We're going to talk more about our impressions of this, the things we like yes. about it. You know, and uh, yeah, so, you guys can go out and watch this thing because it literally came out just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's not even two weeks old as we as we put this to tape. And, um, you know, surprise ending. And that's all we'll say because we don't want to ruin the, you know, surprise ending. Uh, budget of 15 million. And as of today, it has hit 29.3 million. It is a success. I, I, this, I mean, I bet it'll probably soar into the 35 realm i mean maybe even 40 realm when all is said and done so i'm very happy this movie was a success apparently that first weekend did did pretty good but it was really the last five days mike i read where the movie made a ton of money how about that in the thanksgiving break so of course yeah yeah you um i think i feel like people like it i feel like people are liking this movie Oh yeah, no. The word of mouth is actually really good. Um, yeah. That's why I expected to 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 make it definitely some more coin uh, in the next week or two. Uh, I like the fact that it is only theatrical right now, which is great. I mean, it's it's a horror movie to be seen in the theater. It's a it's a it's a slasher. It's a little throwbacky. I mean, it's you know it's set in you know twenty twenty three, of course, but it's definitely got some of those cool throwback qualities, Mike. Right. Definitely. And like I said, I saw this on Thanksgiving in a fairly empty, fairly empty theater, <laughs> which is pretty nice. You know, it was like that, that's kind of been a thing over the course of my life is to go to the movies on um, on Thanksgiving evening. Interesting. Yeah. It's just one of those things after you have a big meal, 
it's nice to get out, get some fresh air. I, you know, I, I have done that frequently over the course of my life. And, uh, you know, visiting my parents, you know, we were out of, out of the radius of the city and, um, yeah. you know, quiet, went to a theater. There's like a, you know, a handful of people there. It was nice to watch this in it, more or less empty now, theater. Did, they, did the crowd that was there, were they kind of into it? Yeah. Yeah. It was what I thought was cool about the crowd is that everyone was wearing like horror t-shirts. Like it was like people that were, went to the, uh-huh. went to see the movie were like fans. And I had my uh, famous monsters of film land long sleeve arm. So uh, oh, I was re- re- representing too, you know? Yeah. Like I went, uh, like late afternoon on a Sunday, I think, I guess two days after it opened, I think the 19th I went and it was about more than three quarters full by the time the movie was up and running. Uh, and my crowd was into it and, you know, kind of cheering and laughing. And it was a good crowd in, in uh, Bay Ridge. Yeah. Now, the, one of the things that immediately hit me as being funny was that it takes place in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Okay. And it's just right away with the accents and just the very intense uh, Massachusetts kind of thing. You know what I'm trying, you know what I'm trying to say, Mike? Right. <laughs> and um <laughs> Eli Roth is a mass native, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a Massachusetts guy. Yes. I don't know if it's exactly Boston or not, but yes, he's from Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I lived in Boston for a number of years. So it's uh yeah, I'm I'm uh familiar with that act overly familiar with that accent. Yeah. Um full disclosure, the movie was shot in Toronto and Hamilton, Ontario from March to May of twenty twenty three. So this, you know, he got this, he got this right where he should have been getting it. Like, it's funny. He shot it and filmed it pre-strike. How about that, Mike? And was able to get it out right after the strike. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Lucky, man. I mean, I bet you he was probably, I bet you there was a time when he was like freaking out. and, And like, there was a chance that it might not have made the Thanksgiving holiday, like, this needed to come out on the Thanksgiving holiday. I mean, yeah, I mean, the name of the movie is Thanksgiving. Yes, exactly. But as we know, like, I feel like sometimes, man, like horror movies kind of get fucked. Like, you know, like they don't, they get released weird. Like, you know, like Rob Zombie's had some of that luck sometimes or his movies come out in the wrong months. And we hear about these other movies that came out wrong. Like The Shining didn't come out when it should have. And The Thing didn't come out when it should have. And like, there's all these, you know, classics that were kind of like given the shaft. So happy that this fell right into place. <laughs> so the movie opens up on a uh, black Friday. Mm-hmm. It, it's some, you know, Walmart style, uh, you know, evil corporate sort of, you know, yeah. Right. Mark. Right. Mark. Yeah. Called right. Mark. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because like I was saying, I saw it on Thanksgiving. So it's like literally people were gearing up for this for black friday as i was watching the movie so um it, it was very timely to see this thing and what i also enjoy about eli's eli roth's his whole trip with this movie is there's a there was a lot of like tongue-in-cheek sign of kind of like social commentary you yes. know what i mean mm-hmm. and of course you know the ridiculousness of the whole uh black friday thing you know it was played a big part especially in the beginning and, you know, you always hear about people getting trampled and killed and all this sort Riots, of stuff. Right. 
However, I will say this particular year, I didn't hear about much of that nonsense because I almost feel like some stores have kind of finally taken a little bit of a step back with some of that stuff where it's like, you know, they're, they're, they will be outright closed on Thanksgiving instead of opening the night of Thanksgiving. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're getting somewhat more moral on Black Friday, I think, in some of these stores, which obviously is a good thing. Um, did you notice the very, very, very beginning of the movie, the the nod to Halloween, that with the first shot of the movie, like, oh, yeah. perhaps like that, right? It was yeah. basically the, the Halloween opening shot, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> you know, that's that's the other thing about this movie is like Eli Roth is a huge student of horror films in yeah. general. Like, there's this movie's chock full of references and and just nods to the slashers of the 80s and yeah. that's this movie didn't feel nostalgic in some you know how like when when sometimes people make a slasher mm-hmm. and it's like heavy-handedly nostalgic this movie did not seem nostalgic at all the same way the same way terrifier doesn't mm-hmm. feel nostalgic you know what i mean yeah that's a very very good point mike both of these movies had almost a freshness to them like something that was kind of exciting and like new, although not new, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Hmm. So there's a group of friends. Okay. We've got uh, Jessica, Evan, Gabby, Scuba, Yulia, and Bobby. Yes. And, uh, you know, they're uh, high school kids, you know, high school kids. It's kind of annoying. You know, yes. mm-hmm. it's funny. Like the one thing I wanted to say, I made a note about this. I, I disliked and liked the characters in equal measures. Hmm. Okay. I could see you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah they, like, like obviously the main girl, uh, Jessica is the most sympathetic and it's probably, excuse me, one of the only ones you're rooting for to survive. Let's be honest. In my opinion, like, yeah. it's pretty much her. And honestly, that's kind of about it for me. Uh, once you get to know some of these people, uh, maybe that's on purpose, maybe it isn't. But uh, no, I, th- I think y- your take is correct. My brother, uh, John Draper, had one one thing that he didn't like is that he thought the teenagers should have been played by teenagers and not people in their 20s because he looked up all these actors and they're all in their, their early and mid-20s. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. It didn't really matter to me. Does that matter to you? I mean, I was recently watching Beverly Hills 90210. Um, <laughs> it was like, those motherfuckers are all like in their 30s. Like, isn't like Tori uh, Spelling like 40 when she made that movie? No, well, they actually, no. Oddly enough, the only two that were kind of age appropriate were Tori Spelling and what's his name? The guy who played David. Everybody else was significantly older. And Andrea was way older. She was literally 30 playing a junior in high school. So, yeah, that was when, I mean, come on, like in the 80s, 90s, you got, you know, 40-year-olds playing high school students. I mean, if you're 23, 22 playing a high school student, that's you get a pass. <laughs> yeah. And, and Bobby is the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. and But he's he's kind of like that, you know, darker anti-hero sort of, you don't know, like, you, you don't know where he's coming from, really. You know what I mean? Yes, he he's definitely... As you're watching it, listeners, you probably put together a, a suspect list, and he's he's a bit suspect. Yes, yeah, yeah. So there's um a big tragedy that happens that night, 
and um, people were, you know, killed. Mm-hmm. Bobby's uh, baseball career is ruined by uh, breaking his arm. Yes. And there's a lot of uh, pretty pretty good gore, actually. It's right off the bat in this movie. Yeah, at, during the, the riot, you know, trampling scene at the Black Friday at, at the right mart, uh, it'll definitely kind of go down in like modern horror history as, as to me, I think one of the, the, the great all time, you know, horror movie openings. Um, something else I'd like to note is that I, I would, I'm plopping Thanksgiving, although it's a slasher, it's, it's got a lot of, it's horror comedy to a large degree. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Right? It's there's a comedic, there's a dark comedy comedic element to it. You know, it's like some broad humor in there, which, um, it, I'm generally not a fan of that, but I liked it in this movie, honestly. Yeah, I appreciated yeah, it. Yeah, you know? like I said, it plays really well. And I think it's because it, it doesn't go for, it's not like super duper serious. Like it's not Friday the 13th part one slasher or, you know, Halloween one and two slasher where those movies are played straight and serious and minimal laughs, you know. This one, I think, wants you to enjoy yourself, I feel like, you know, and even the gore, which is pretty damn good. It's it's left gore. It's like it's like Shaun of the Dead kind of like lively. You know, that's the that's the vibe. I See, got. Now, I'm glad you brought up Shaun of the Dead because I was thinking the same. I, I That was in my mind when I was watching this, too, because Shaun of the Dead and this film, Thanksgiving, are, are horror comedies without being ironic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know how like scream is kind of ironic and self-aware. Right. It's a little smarmy. It's a little smarmy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of scream, but I do. I do like Shaun of the dead because it's made with a respect for the horror genre. You know what I mean? Like there's some, there's some legit horror in Shaun of the dead and same thing in Thanksgiving. It's like, it's made with like no irony. Mm-hmm. but humor and it's definitely respectful of the genre you know and I, that's what i it's like eli roth really walks a thin line in this movie and he does it perfectly i have to say yeah and it's 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 more enjoyable i mean look green inferno is it was a different different kind of subject matter i mean jungle cannibal movie um that hit the mark in some places and did miss the mark in other places um, this one is definitely a different animal, and I think Eli Roth is, is 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 again he's having more fun here, and I think he's it's almost shining through like oh my god I finally got to fucking make this movie like that's that's the vibe going through this movie I think for Eli Roth like we're gonna do this it's the first Thanksgiving slasher you know what I'm saying like I don't know I almost it's like it's like a victory kind of vibe yeah. Yeah, there's tons of uh, you know Christmas slasher films. Not too many. Uh, this is the only Thanksgiving slasher. Yes, exactly, exactly. And yeah. again, it's something the fans have been asking him about for 15 years, and it was to me one of the one of the better trailers uh, for Grindhouse. And it was just like you know, every Thanksgiving since then, you'd see things on like Instagram and Facebook. Like people would have their own kind of like you know uh fantasies about what this movie would even be like i almost you know it, it seems another thing to note is there's this guy ryan 
who's like lurking out there in the shadows with these us uh, these friends and right away immediately you don't like ryan yes ryan is the guy in a lot of girls with boyfriends lives that is basically around waiting in the wings for that relationship to end would you agree yeah. oh yeah yeah that's, <laughs> like, that's my that's that's like my least favorite kind of guy and i have oh, oh yeah i've got experience I've got experience with that type of guy, and I, I despise these that type dudes. of dude. Oh, yeah. These are the worst dudes ever. I've had experience with those guys. These guys suck. Um, yeah. And uh, he does a very good job of it, uh, this actor. <laughs> so there's a time slip to a year later. Okay. Bobby disappears. He just ghosts Jessica, and, um, you know, he's gone. Yeah, and, he, um, like you said, he he hurt his arm. Like his arm gets like mutilated during the riot. Um, several people are killed during this riot, um, and uh, sadly, uh, Gina Gershon's character uh, does not make it. She's what one of the, the people who dies. Um, which I was, I gotta be honest, I was pretty bummed about that because I, I thought she was gonna be in the whole fucking movie. So I was, you know, I was kind of bummed there. Gotta be honest. <laughs> and Ryan. Fucking Ryan, man. Mm. Swoops in. Mm -hmm. And is dating Jessica. Yes, while Bobby is is MIA after the uh, incident, correct. And um, not quite embraced by the friends, though. You know what I mean? He's kind of like, still kind of like this like douchey, like outsider guy. Yeah, they don't all, they don't all dig him. I mean, they're kind of wondering what happened to Bobby, although they've kind of moved past, moved past Bobby. They're not really into Ryan, the the gang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it, another thing too, there it's like there is that element of like it's almost like uh like Scooby Doo or something like that, where there's like the gang, you know? Yes, the Scooby Doo gang, exactly. And and one of the guys' names is Scuba. Uh yeah, so, yeah it's exactly. It, again, that could be a nod to the Scooby Doo gang, obviously. Exactly. You know, and, and for anyone out there who doesn't know who Scooby Doo is, uh <laughs> go on, go on, go on to YouTube and check it out. Yeah, Google Scooby Doo. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so right around this time, this is when people start getting killed by a dude yes. wearing a John Carver mask and hat, mm, and yeah. it's actually a pretty, pretty sick looking uh, getup, if you ask me. Oh yeah, I have to agree. Very creepy. John Carver historically was. Uh, one of the pilgrims on the Mayflower voyage of 1620. How about that? Uh, and helped create the Plymouth colony uh, in America and is one of the first signers of uh, the Mayflower Compact and the first governor of the Plymouth colony. So he was he was a real dude who did a bunch of real shit back in the day. Yeah. Now he's like, someone's uh, wearing his likeness and murdering people. Yes, in, in obscene ways, indeed. Yeah. And uh, the viewer is left to, you know, wonder, well, who, who could it be? But like I said, you, you kind of have uh, several, you know, suspects kind of laid in front of you without, you know, giving the, the, the whole kind of uh, the whole horse away, so to speak. But uh, we could talk a little more about uh, some of the other cast members. Those are like the younger people in the cast. And then we have like the older people in the cast, like, of course, Patrick Dempsey, who's, I mean, to me, the the, arguably one of the biggest stars of the movie, no? 
Yeah, no, definitely. You know, him and, and Gina Gershon are probably the the you know yeah, highest profile like, actors. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he plays the 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 town sheriff. Um, and <laughs> you know what I thought was interesting? There's uh the, the girl who's uh what's her name? Yulia, the Russian yeah. girl. At, at some point later on in the movie, once things are really kind of ramped up and the killings are getting crazy, we meet her dad, who is like this who almost looks like Dolph Lundgren, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, that, that, he randomly appears at all stern, you know? He's like, I guess he's supposed to be like a Russian mobster type guy. And it's just kind of funny how like, how many kind of Russian mobsters would live in Plymouth, Massachusetts? Well, I guess, you know, that's open to interpretation. And But he's got some very funny scenes where he, he's like, we're going to Florida. And, you know, I thought that was really funny. And then, of course, like I said earlier, uh, Tim Dillon's character, the security guard, um honestly uh he's not in a lot of the movie but i feel like some of the biggest laughs are are during his scenes and his kill scene and when they're in his apartment there's a scene with a cat that i thought was very funny mike what did you think oh the cat was great yeah that that maybe yeah that that being a cat lover you know i I appreciated the cat scene definitely yes there there's a great uh pro cat scene in the movie don't worry cat lovers everything's okay yeah. But uh, you'll appreciate the scene if you're a cat lover, yes. Also, what's notable about this part of the film is um, everyone gets tagged on Instagram when, you know, this John Carver character from some kind of um, anonymous uh, account is mm. tagging all the kids or the gang yeah. and yeah. showing these death scenes of people around a, um, right, you know, like a, big a Thanksgiving table. table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I were you were you surprised when it was revealed who it was revealed, or were you not surprised at all? I was a little surprised. Me too. Yeah. And so that's why we're not going to give it out. Yeah, like, and one of my friends was like, "You didn't figure it out," and I'm like, "No, I did not figure it out." <laughs> no, I, I I was surprised. Literally, I was surprised. You know. And yeah, um, it's it's a good turn. I mean, look, some some turns are you can spot them a mile away. This one, I don't know if you know. I guess a few weeks down the line, or a little once you've seen the movie or whatever, you want to message us and say, let us know if you figured it out early on. Because look, I consider myself of fair intelligence, and yeah, this one I was like, oh shit, how about that? You know? <laughs> yeah, I was definitely caught flat-footed. I definitely interested to hear what you guys think you know, about who the killer turns out to be, you know? And there's a lot of good kills. Like I said, the mm-hmm. gore is pretty good. Uh, there's definitely um, some scenes that made me wince when I was watching it, for sure. Mm, yeah. Oh, there's honestly, I mean, I could we could talk about this scene. There's, I mean, to me, the, the, the most difficult scene in the movie is the, is the, the cooking scene. The, the, good. Yep, I agree. Yes. Um, I mean, that is the most, but again, it's done in a way like some people in my theater were laughing at that, actually. And I didn't, like, I myself wasn't laughing at that, but I guess I could see how somebody's laughing at that in 2023 because we are living in some weird dark times. But that is probably the most fucked up part of the movie, right? I think so. Like that, it was a pretty horrific scene. And, uh, and once again, Eli Eli Roth kind of plays a little bit for laughs, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's uh, yeah. yeah, like, 
Um, again, it, it's definitely a movie that, I mean, shit, they, they nail the timing and the time of the year. And again, making it a theatrical and, you know, uh, again, uh, just this kind of bit of victory lap, I think, for Eli Roth, who's had a lot of weird career things happen to him. You know, he, he's had movies start and then get taken away from him and, you know, false starts here and there. Um, um, you know, production companies have kind of come and gone for some of his movies and like he'd be he'd be listed to to direct something. And then three weeks later, you'd see that, oh, no, he's actually not directing it. So, you know, uh, to me, I, I'm very happy for him that this movie came out on time. It's got really good word of mouth and it's making some money, which is, of course, the most important thing for the studios. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I went into this movie not not even wanting to like it. Like I, I, I was thinking, like, I have to see this movie for the show, yeah. right. <laughs> but I was expecting to be like, OK, this is going to be not that good. You know, and even the ending, there's a surprise uh, musical nod at the end, which I feel everyone that listens to this podcast will appreciate the music at the end, too. Yes. Stay for the credits. Uh, there's no post credit scene. Don't get us wrong. But watch the actual credits. Make sure you don't you don't get up and leave. But I don't think you will, because it literally what we're talking about kicks right into gear at the very end of the movie, which was a very nice surprise. Right, Mike? It, it just makes the everything fun. Like you, it just you, you yeah. smile and you're happy and it's cool and it just confirms that you had a good time watching the movie. Hmm. Now, uh, on the critic side, it's it's got an eighty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I have one hundred and seventeen critics. Uh, combining belly busting humor with delightfully over the top gore, Thanksgiving is a feast for the Grindhouse fans. Um. Cinema score gave it a B minus on a scale of A plus to F. Uh, Owen Gleiberman of Variety said Thanksgiving follows the rules of the slasher genre, but it's got more charged and entertainingly hyperbolic atmosphere than these movies used to have. Um, there are times when you can feel Thanksgiving straining too mightily for cult status that it's not likely to achieve, but it seems a safe bet that the film will be trotted out like a turkey uh for many thanksgivings to come that's what i think i think it's i think it is going to be a staple you know what i'm saying like i think it's going to be something you're going to watch every single year on thanksgiving yes or no yes and i'm going to go further and i'm going to say that john carver is going to return yeah i mean from the way it ends which we're not giving away uh i'm going to say Yes, and I I hope he does return. I would see I would see Thanksgiving too. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely. You know, and, and like I said, it's um in some ways it's a parallel to Terrifier. I mean, Terrifier is way darker, and yeah. you know, but Terrifier also has his comedy moments too. Yeah, Terrifier is, is more fucked up, and it's funny you mentioned Terrifier. There's been that uh that brief uh, Terrifier three trailer that has a Christmas setting that has. Yeah. Some people, you know, a bit upset about the the child in it, and I'm like, "This? Did you not see Terrifier one and two? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I know, right? Like, really? Yeah. You're 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 upset? You're concerned? Really? Like, yeah. On. Me and me and Jeff talked about it last week too, and <laughs> it, it was like, 
Yeah. Did, did you, you know, you, you have a problem with uh, that, but you don't have a problem with a woman being like bisected in the first terrifier. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, that's uh, I'm, I'm sure a bunch of listeners have seen this trailer. Uh, it's creepy as hell trailer, of course, like, you know, um, but yeah, I think they, they, they are in the same wheelhouse. I mean, look, they're made by directors who love horror and have, things kind of rooted in the past, but are, I think, firmly planted uh, planted in the present, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's why I draw, I'm drawing parallels between Terrifier and Thanksgiving. And then they also, uh, you know, I like I said, John Carver, I believe he'll return, you know? Yeah. We'll see, Definitely. we haven't seen the last thing. we'll see John Carver Halloween costumes next Halloween. How about that? Oh, yeah. No, no doubt, definitely. Yeah, it's a very disturbing, like, mask. Like, I bet you, like, it, like, when they try to piece it together, they probably went through a few renditions of it. And I think they it's just, I don't know, it's unsettling. <laughs> yeah. So what do you give this as a score, Mike? You know, it was torn between two scores. But I am giving it a very solid four with a bullet out of five. I was going to go 4.5, but it's it's a very high four. It's fucking, it's a great movie. It's great. Yeah. It's not a perfect movie. It's not perfect. You know, Five is a perfect movie. Uh, I think there was a few misses visually with some of the effects. Like, it was not all practical effects. There is some, there's some CGI in here that looks kind of really iffy, actually. That was a few things that, like, one of the only things I didn't like about it, there was a couple different scenes where I felt like, hmm, maybe they should have shot that a little differently or filmed that a little differently, or maybe they should have relied on practical and not CGI. Um, but, you know, it, it's a four with, with with a bullet. What about you? I give it a four or five, man, 4.5. Okay. Oh, um, higher than me, wow. Dude, I no one is more surprised than I am, actually, mm. <laughs> that I, I like this movie so much. I really enjoyed it, man. I thought it was good. The ending, the, the the musical thing at the end, like galvanized my whole idea about it. It's something simple like that just made me smile. And I was like, man, this is like solid movie, fun. You know, it's no shining. It's no, uh, <laughs> right, you know, it's right. not, it's not possession. It's not shining. It's, it's not, not the exorcist, but it's, it's its own thing, man. And it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it is a lot of fun. And look, it's you've almost had a, you've had a, a second Rob Zombie moment, Michael, in a way with with this movie with Eli Roth, yeah. where you you've kind of uh, you've had a change of heart. Hmm. I still hate Rob Zombie, but like I like one or two. <laughs> so so I I thought you know uh, Lords of Salem was good, man. That's a movie everyone hates by him. I know, I know. I still tell people that no, you need to watch that again. Why why doesn't everyone like that movie? I don't understand what no. their beef is with that movie. Yet they'll watch his fucking Halloween movies. Mm, yeah. I don't get it. But I mean, I look, I hope we get a Thanksgiving too. And I hope we get another cool, a uh, different Eli Roth horror movie. You know, I, what I like about him is that he kind of, he seems to do what he wants to do. Like he's not, he's not a studio guy. I think he tried to be a studio guy and he got something happened with him and Meg. You know, he was the director of Meg at one point. And it, it got like taken away from him. I'm not not really sure of all the details there. Uh, then there was like something else that uh, I forget what the other movie was, a, a similar scenario. Um, but you know, 
again, a guy that would probably be awesome to ha- sit and have a drink with and a, a talk with, uh, a guy that loves real horror and supports horror and is like an ambassador for horror. And, you know, he's he's one of my, my favorite Gen Xers, I will say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to his next thing. This one really turned, turned me around. You know, like I said, I've never been a big fan of his movies. I've always enjoyed hearing him speak about horror. And I think he's a cool guy. But yeah. this one, I, I fucking enjoyed this movie, man. Again, I think I think a lot of our listeners who have seen it have probably liked it a lot like we did. Um, we'd be interested to hear from people who didn't like it, to be honest. <laughs> I, I know I know. there's a couple people who, who didn't like it at all that, uh, you know, that, uh, that uh, hit me up before I went to see this, actually. Mm. And it colored my impression of what I was to expect. But I just could not halfway, like 15, 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, I like this movie, man. Right. Mike, I got the same vibe. I was like, wow, this is actually going to be really fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but literally, yeah, about 15, 20 minute mark. I was like, yep, this is going to be good. Like, I, I know this is going to be a fun time at the movies, you know? Uh, because yeah. look, I don't see that many movies in person that much. Um, sadly, one of my only other trips to the movies this season was for the horrendous new Exorcist movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so when I when I see something in theater and it's good, uh, I'm I'm very happy. <laughs> All right, man. There you go. Yeah. Our Thanksgiving movie review. Um, yeah, I mean, look, th- this this is going to make its way in- into my list for the year. It's going to some. It'll be there. Um, I, I feel like I need to see a few more movies, but uh, we do have a little bit of time for our, our year-end wrap-up, of course. Um, I, I, I'm not expecting a an avalanche of, holy shit, I missed this, this, and then this, like we did for last year, uh, you know, because I, I just hasn't really been that kind of year. But, uh, but who knows? Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Take care now. Take care, everybody. Cheers.